0: Hi, I'm Naya Kalmels and this is the Mindful Movement Podcast, where we believe that movement is medicine and I hope that we can improve the way that we move together. Today, I'm going to talk with you about the Pilates Principles. Depending upon who you ask, you will get a different set of Pilates Principles, leading from five principles all the way to nine or 10 principles. So to be clear, I am going to share with you the nine Pilates Principles as defined by balanced body. Balanced body started out as an equipment manufacturer, they've gone into education, and the reason why I'm choosing their nine Pilates principles is because they have integrated movement science and other modalities into the way that Pilates is taught so that it can be more accessible to lots of different body types. That being said, I think most people, if not all, would agree that the first principle of Pilates is the breath. But let's dive in to the nine Pilates principles and then we'll come back and break down each one. So, Pilates principles, here are the nine. Breathing, concentration, control, centering, precision, balanced muscle development, rhythm flow, whole body movement, and relaxation. I will tell you that when I started my training back in 2006, we didn't talk about relaxation. And I think that there's a lot more um, more attention given to the importance of relaxation. So I'm really glad to see that as a fundamental Pilates principle because it is part of what we do in our practice, whether we're intentional about it or not. But given that I am introducing it to you as a Pilates principle, it is always my goal that that is part of our intention as we go through our practice. All right. Let's go back to the beginning with the first principle, the breath. I want to be clear that over the next nine months, I'm going to dig deeper into each of these Pilates principles but I'm gonna give you a little background of each of them in today's podcast. So the breath. Traditional Pilates breathing will have you exhale on the most effortful part of the exercise. That way you can get deeper into your core, specifically lifting more through the pelvic floor, and using your exhale to find what we call that co-contraction, that coordinated contraction of pelvic floor, transversus abdominis, the muscles, these little tiny spinal extensor muscles, and your breathing diaphragm. And traditionally, we will inhale to lengthen through the spine, find more expansion in the body, and find more relaxation. So we have all different types of breathing exercises that we can do. And when we go on to the podcast about specifically the first principle, breathing, I'll lead you through a couple exercises just to focus on your breath. We take that principle, the breathing, into every exercise that we do. And our breathing might change depending upon what our goal is. So let's go into the next Pilates principle, concentration. I always think of Pilates as one, and one of my favorite, mindful movement modalities. You really can't do Pilates properly if you're not focused or concentrated on what you're doing. It's really easy to fake it, (laughs) it's really easy to go through the movements, but without concentration, you aren't going to get the full benefit of the exercises and specifically, you are not going to work the muscles that we're targeting, the smaller stabilizing muscles. Oftentimes, your larger mover muscles will take over when your brain isn't focused and telling which muscles to act. So, breathing and concentration super important Pilates principles. Let's move on to control. All right, so part of what makes movement graceful, fluid, and allows us to move without creating injury in the body is having control over our movements. Oftentimes we get hurt when we've lost control. So part of having a safe and effective Pilates workout or practice is having control, knowing what to move and what not to move. Often in my classes, I will cue the movements and then I'll remind people that oftentimes the exercise is more about what's not moving. For example, controlling your spine, rib cage, and pelvis, keeping them stable while you move the arms and the legs. If you move into an exercise like opposing arms and legs and your spine is moving with the movement of the arms and legs, you don't have control over the movement and you're not actually working your core the way that we're intending you to use it in that exercise. So control is our third Pilates principle. Our fourth principle is centering. So finding the center of the body and then moving from center outward. So I used the example of opposing arms and legs. It's easy to think of that exercise as moving just the arms and the legs. But before you actually move, you want to engage your core to stabilize your trunk before you move. And that movement starts from the center of the body and starts to spread outward to that moving arm and leg all the way until you reach into full extension out through the fingertips and the toes and then we come back to center again. So when I go into the centering podcast, I'll also give you exercises that help you find your center and work from center outward. Our next Pilates principle is precision. Those of you who have practiced with me, especially if you've practiced with me for a while, you know that precision is part of the way that I cue and practice Pilates and I have never met anyone who doesn't have something to gain in this area. We're constantly working towards moving more precisely. I've got lots of things in my own body that make it difficult to do each and every movement precisely. So I'll often cue you to slow things down, make the movement slower with the goal of making the movement more precise. We'll talk more about that as we go into the podcast specifically about precision. The next Pilates principle is balanced muscle development. This is part of what makes Pilates so effective for rehabilitation and injury prevention. Muscle development doesn't just pertain to the balance From the left side of the body to the right side of the body or the top of the body, upper body, to the lower body. It's also about balancing the antagonist muscles. So for example, your biceps is your larger upper arm muscle. If you're always working that and you're not working your triceps, which is the antagonist muscle, then you become overdeveloped in flexing the arm. But it's very difficult to actually straighten the arm and fully extend it. So We work antagonist muscles, which is why when we do our Pilates sessions, we try to move in different planes. So as we do a lot of things like head floats where we're in spinal flexion, we also want to lie on our bellies and do some work in spinal extension. We also work the side body. We want to work the muscles around the shoulders in a balanced way so that we're supporting those joints well. Same thing with the hips, same thing with the knees, and all along the spine. So balanced muscle development is important in any movement practice, but it's something that we actually practice very intentionally in Pilates. Our next Pilates principle is a rhythm and flow. And quite frankly, this is something as a Pilates teacher that I'm continually trying to improve upon. Because everything that we just talked about is very minute. There are so many nuances in the movements. There are so many things to hone in on and focus. The movements can be really small. And then trying to create flow and rhythm without stopping and explaining control and precision and all these things can be a challenge. So part of what I think makes movement fun is finding a flow to it. So you'll find that when we start sequencing movements in different ways, we're trying to take one exercise, lead it into the next. So keeping the body moving in different ways with a flow and a rhythm was something that Joseph Pilates recognized as being important in our movement practice. I think it also helps keep your mind more engaged when you're going back and forth between doing really small movements and then larger movements and incorporating different parts of the body and moving in different planes. For some people, that can feel like we're constantly moving around and they are looking for a more restorative experience. So when you're in a Pilates practice and you're practicing with other instructors, you might need to kind of select for what works best for your body. You might want something that's slower and more focused, or you might like the larger, bigger flowing movements. That's part of what makes it so much fun to take different classes and try different things, different exercises, different instructors. You get me. Also different props too, right? (laughs) Okay. The next thing is whole body movement. So this kind of goes back to rhythm and flow. We generally think of Pilates as core strengthening exercises. And when I say we, I mean the general public. And that's in part because of the way Pilates has gained popularity and the way that it has been marketed. I ha- can't even count how many times I've heard people say things like, well, Pilates doesn't work your arms. Or, well, I need more lower body workout." If you are doing a truly balanced Pilates workout, you are going to work your whole body. And some of the exercises will be very small, and other exercises will include your whole body, even if your body is not moving. So plank is a perfect example of that. When you are in that plank position, your whole body is engaged, but nothing is really moving as opposed to the classical Pilates exercise, roll back and roll up, where your spine is moving, you have full engagement through the legs, arms are moving overhead, there's a lot going on there. So whole body movement is absolutely a part of Pilates and one of our fundamental principles. It doesn't mean the whole body has to be engaged in every exercise, but through a routine you should target At least the major parts of your body, if not every part of your body. Okay, we've made it to the last Pilates principle, relaxation. One of the things I often cue when I'm teaching is what part of your body do you need to work, activate, engage, and what parts of your body can relax. It's really important to move efficiently and I take a lot of what I've learned from Pilates and try to apply that to the rest of my life, so even moving through your life efficiently, relaxing when you can, working when it's time to work, and working smarter, not harder. So that is one of the elements of the relaxation principle of Pilates is relaxing certain parts of the body that don't need to be tense or working while you're focusing on other specific parts of the body. The other piece of it is that if you take in all of the Pilates principles we just discussed, I hope that through focusing on breathing and rhythm and flow in your movement, finding control, moving from center, all of those things will lead to a greater mind-body connection and part of, or at least become part of, a relaxation practice for yourself. Sometimes we get so involved in what's happening outside of ourselves that we don't spend much time going inward. Pilates is a beautiful practice to use the time to go inward, to find relaxation in mind and body, to slow down and to connect and focus on one thing at a time. And throughout your practice, that one thing might just be your own self-care. To recap, the nine Pilates principles. We start with the breath as the first principle. We go into concentration, control, centering, precision, balanced muscle development, rhythm and flow, whole body movement, and relaxation. I hope that this podcast helps bring more informed clarity to your Pilates practice because these are the things that I don't get to talk about when I'm in the middle of a session teaching. And I really want you to have this foundation, this background to take into each time you do Pilates, but also as you're moving into other classes, whether you do yoga or kickboxing or into your daily activities, gardening, taking care of kids, cooking, driving, working. so please see how you might be able to integrate these nine Pilates principles into your life. Please reach out if you find this helpful. I'd love to hear how you apply these principles to your Pilates practice and to your lives. And in our next podcast, we'll take a deeper dive into the first Pilates principle, the breath. Until next time, friends, keep on moving.